But, but you know, we're really, in, in for us, we're not really even into political season, right? And we're getting crowds like this. We were all over, over the last couple of weeks. We like to troll. We like to go the night before one of their primaries. We just, we do a little trolling. It's called, we do a little trolling. Bernie Sanders was very upset. Why would he be there? Why, why? Because I want to win. I want to keep everybody up. Guess that's a good reason. A truly great leader. Donald Trump Mommy, it's going to be only. It's all fake news. It doesn't exist, folks. Tremendous. The hour of action. 
The Bible tells us the biggest story the Constitution of the United States. The mysteries of space. We have to keep winning. We have to win more. We're going to win more. You need tremendous stamina. You're going to love winning. I'm going to work very hard on that. I have a wonderful family. Everyone is listening to you now. Big league. And I will never, ever let you down. Together. We will make America great again. RPN is not responsible for the views, actions, statements, or opinions of its guests, advertisers, or even its viewers. The information contained in this program is not to be confused with medical or legal advice. An appearance on this platform is not necessarily an endorsement. But as always, we encourage you to do your own research. Enjoy the show. Sit back, relax, and grab your popcorn. We're going to be right back after this. Drivers are being warned. 
High fuel prices are on the way, not only because oil prices around the world are up, but because there are more cars on the road now that winter is over. The country's average cost for a gallon of gas rose to $3.15 a gallon, and an increase of more than 20% compared to pre-2020 prices. What's worse, experts say these gas prices could head a lot higher. Now, that's why tens of thousands of drivers are beating the greedy oil companies by spending less at the pump with this amazing little device. This magical device is an intelligent fuel saver that easily installs and helps reprogram your vehicle to lower fuel consumption. This small and lightweight gadget helps increase fuel efficiency by as much as 25%, power by as much as 35%, and torque by as much as 25%. The first month alone supports the cost of the device itself. You can experience the incredible fuel savings it offers at an exclusive 50% off discount right now by going to my special website, reducemyfuel.com. Plus, you can try it risk-free for a full 60 days through their safe and secure website. Don't miss out on this exclusive offer right now. Unlock 50% off and get free shipping at ReduceMyFuel.com. Once again, that's ReduceMyFuel.com. And when you support my sponsors, you support this channel. All right, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome back. Glad you're here. Thank you so much for joining us today. I did an entire introduction where I guess I was muted. I've got multiple mute buttons. I have to get used to the idea of hitting the correct one and not accidentally both of them. Let me begin the show first by saying thank you so much, you guys, for being here. If you haven't yet, please consider hitting the like button. Also, please consider sharing the show on your favorite social media. Want to give a big shout out to Cyber X Speed, not only because he dropped a cookie first over there at Pilled, but in the Rumble chat, he said that he almost died in a tornado last night. Brother, I am glad you're okay. Uh, I was also saying that I guess the panhandle of Texas is on fire. Now, I don't know where everybody is uh, is living, the panhandle. I mean, I always thought the panhandle was Oklahoma. I guess it's got to be the area right next to Oklahoma. But anyways, hope you guys are okay. If anybody out there is uh, in trouble or they need any help, then by all means, reach out to me. and We'll see what we can do to help you out. Uh, Cyber, I hope your home is okay. I hope that your family is okay as well. Hope that everybody you know and love is also doing fine. Uh, I was also saying in the introduction that Hunter Biden showed up today for his uh, deposition in congressional hearings where they were questioning him about he and his family's business dealings and, of course, his father's involvement because it's all for the impeachment of lion Joe Biden. Uh, Now, a lot of people were upset about the idea of Hunter Biden testifying behind closed doors. We want to know what he says, damn it. Well, don't worry. Rest assured, you guys are going to find out. Here's the thing. He's got to be able to testify in secret, behind closed doors, without the cameras there, because that's the time they're going to ask him about uh, questions related to national security and classified topics. Uh, Although Hunter Biden doesn't have a security clearance, undoubtedly there's going to be some questions about things that may come up that they don't want to be public knowledge. So they've got to do it behind closed doors, and then the transcript will eventually come out. What we do have is Hunter Biden's opening statement, and believe me, it's a doozy. So we are going to go over that, but we've got a couple of different things I wanted to discuss first. First of all, a little story that kind of went under the radar over the course of this weekend. Let's take a look at this. 
Well, wouldn't you know it, after all of our belly aching and complaining about the billions and billions and billions of dollars that have been lost in Ukraine, the Pentagon and the Department of Defense have officially opened up uh, more than 50 criminal investigations looking into the money that's been sent to Ukraine. Now, of course, the Washington Examiner has to put a little caveat on there. Nothing has been substantiated yet. But that is just a fancy way of saying that the investigation hasn't been completed. And obviously that means that there's not going to be any charges. No investigation is substantiated until they actually charge someone once the investigation is complete. It's kind of an effort, I think, to maybe soft pedal the idea of this Ukraine aid going missing. Maybe this this author at the Washington Examiner has a uh, beholdency to the Pentagon. Maybe he's got access to the Pentagon or maybe he's got access to, uh, I don't know, other people who have a financial interest in the money that's going to Ukraine. Allegedly, not my opinion, but I, I'm just suggesting that could be a potential possibility. I'm not familiar with Mr. Mike Brest, uh, but I suppose he also could just be a conservative journalist, conservative, not wanting to go too far on this. But the OIG for the Department of Defense has over 50 investigations right now into various aspects of the military support for Ukraine, what is now I consider to be the failed state of Ukraine, the giant series of missile potholes after a series of uh, bombed out tanks and a series of piles of bodies and, of course, brass shell casings once known as the beautiful nation of Ukraine and Eastern Europe. Uh, And of course, he states they don't have any investigations that have been substantiated yet. Give it some time, Mike. They certainly eventually are going to come across something to substantiate the idea that they've wasted billions and billions and billions of dollars because they do it all the time. I mean, take a look at every single conflict that the United States has ever been involved in and Lo and behold, you're going to find examples of wasted money, money that's being sent inappropriately, money that is being siphoned off by a warlord or by an oligarch, money that might even end up into the private unnamed numbered account of a representative of Congress or perhaps one of the lobbyists that are fighting to get more billions and billions and billions of dollars to be sent over there. So. There has been a number of multiple recently released reports, and it's revealed to us that the DOD and the rest of the government as a whole have not met expectations for monitoring and tracking these billions of dollars. We've actually heard this before, so it's good to hear it coming from the Department of Defense themselves and not just some whistleblower stepping forward saying like, hey, guess what? We can't tell you where this money has gone. We've got no idea as to where this money has been spent. Uh, Now, at least they're trying to keep track of the fact that they have no freaking idea. Uh, But the DOG OIG currently has more than 50 ongoing investigations, ongoing investigative matters, they call them. Uh, Perhaps they're taking a page from the Loretta Lynch playbook. 
They're in a variety of different stages uh, looking into allegations related to the security assistance that the United States has sent over there. Uh, This is something, like I said, we typically see in these sorts of situations. You've got a lot of craziness. You've got a lot of haphazard checks getting sent. Uh, Of course, we already know that oligarchs definitely siphoned off some of that money. I think there's probably more than a couple of yachts that have been bought. I mean, uh, hundreds and billions of dollars has already been sent to Ukraine. So there's ample opportunity for corruption and siphoning off that money. And of course, it is Ukraine. Uh, Ukraine has for a long time been a procurement depot uh, for drugs and human trafficking, of course, arms trafficking, uh, and obviously a good place to fill up your bank account. I mean, just ask the Biden crime family. And as such, Ukraine is a hotbed of corruption. And it also just happens to be a hotbed of the Central Intelligence Agency. I wonder if those two things have anything in common, you might wonder. Uh, So although there have been no specific details that have been given, uh, we don't know anything about any individual cases. We don't know who is being looked at. We don't know which weapons have allegedly been perhaps transferred off and sold to terrorists. Uh, However, we know that cases exist and uh, that these cases are currently in the investigative uh, source period. Uh, Based on the completed work that they have done to date, uh, they claim that they haven't been able to find any wrongdoing. Uh, I'm wondering if at the end of the day, they're going to tell us that they found no wrongdoing. Are they simply just going to whitewash over all of this and then ask the American people to write another blank check? I certainly hope not, but I wouldn't be surprised if that's exactly what they did. This administration is entirely corrupt. Uh, There is no honesty. There's no integrity. And certainly there's no desire to track the tax dollars of the American people. They know they can just get more from us anytime they want to. Turn those thumbscrews and we'll get them to take their checkbooks out. So earlier this week, the IG's office had released a number of different reports on the sustainment plan for Bradley, Stryker, and Abrams armed weapons systems. Uh, And one of the sustainment strategies they have for the Patriot air defense systems, all of these are being used by the Ukrainian military. And of course, the United States property and technology. So we're the ones who are transferring it over to them. Uh, But the conclusion the department reached uh, was that there was uh, really no implemented plan for the Ukrainians to ensure that these weapons are going to be, I don't know, uh, uh, useful and sustainable in the long term. Uh, Thank you very much, S. Jones, S. Jones, 39. Appreciate that. So the Pentagon's spokesperson, Sabrina Singh, acknowledged uh, last week that the department is certainly aware that uh, we could be doing more. Wow. (laughs) When, When asked about the recent findings from the OIG's office, can you imagine if like, I don't know, you just like stole billions of dollars from your place of work and they call you up and they say, hey, Jim. Um, we're looking for that big bag of money. Do you have any idea where it went? And you're like, no, <laughs> I really don't. I, I thought I knew where it was, but now that you ask me about it, oh, geez, I just don't have any way to track it. Well, that's not acceptable. You know what, uh, boss? I know I could be doing more. I know I could. 
But, you know, screw you. You're going to have to deal with it because we've sent an unprecedented amount of security assistance to Ukraine and it's been done so quickly. And of course, they didn't bother to track it as it was being sent. So right now they are looking to modernize the military of the Ukrainian army if there's anything left when it's all said and done. On top of that, uh, the United States doesn't officially have any boots on the ground in Ukraine. So there's not really the opportunity for any specific minders. Of course, you know, in practicality, the CIA is running something like a dozen or more spy centers and working directly with the Ukrainian intelligence services. So we know there are boots on the ground, but just nobody who cares about tracking this money, because, of course, the CIA has uh, probably trillions of black budget dollars at their disposal. They don't even need to worry about a congressional appropriation. Uh, however, the inspector general from the Pentagon, the State Department and the U.S. Energy for International Development, they're all leading the federal government's oversight of approximately one hundred and thirteen billion dollars in aids and funds that have been sent to Ukraine. Uh, and now, of course, they want more. They want more money. Chuck Schumer stood up in front of the Senate earlier today and said that if Americans don't agree to send billions and billions and billions more to Ukraine, then Americans will feel the pain. How are we going to feel any more painful than we are right now, Chuck? You're out there doing parades with the Chinese Communist Party, waving the red China flag. Meanwhile, people like us are just finding it difficult to go to the grocery store and buy food to eat. No, I'm sorry. I don't know how much worse it can possibly get. Also, let me remind you that we currently are living under the hellscape of the Biden regime. The United States of America is being run by a dementia patient and his puppet masters. So I don't know. I don't know how much worse it could possibly be. Uh, I'll tell you what. It's getting a little bit better every single day, you guys, every single day. Yesterday was the primary in my old home state of Michigan. Let me take a sip of this coffee. So, what do you think happened? I'll give you one hint. It has to do with an overwhelming and decisive victory. And yes, that was with Donald Trump. Donald Trump won the Republican primary in the state of Michigan. In fact, nearly as soon as they closed the doors, as soon as they said, time's up, guys, they immediately put a press release out. Virtually every mainstream media outlet across the nation said, yep, okay, all right, (laughs) it's Donald Trump. Donald Trump won. We don't even really need to do this tonight. Hey, you guys up for an early dinner? I am too. Let's go. We don't need to hang out here. So former President Trump and uh, soon to be the new President Trump won this Republican primary in the same way he's won every single primary and caucus challenge up until this point. All he's done is win, 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 win. President Trump is the biggest winner in the history of this country. You're going to love winning. Winning like never before. Never before, guys. It is uh, absolutely unprecedented. Anarchist Owl, did you miss my comment about O'Keefe working out with Arthur and Gorin? If so, no biggie. O'Keefe worked out with Arthur and Gorin and apparently has footage of his creeping women at the gym. I did miss your earlier one. If Yeah, if you saw one, I, I missed it, definitely. But thank you very much for the reminder. We're going to talk about Arthur and Gore, and that's for sure. C.L. Meadows 66 says Supreme Court has agreed to take up Trump's immunity case 
I had not heard that. I didn't see that come across the wire as I was getting ready today. That's wonderful. Thank you so much. Uh, thank, appreciate that, CL Meadows. Uh, also, you guys, I want to uh, ask everybody, please, to pray for Kay Laterbug. I don't know if she's here in the chat, but she's somebody who I have seen in the chat on quite a few occasions. Uh, Kay lost her husband of 38 years, and um, so she definitely needs everybody to keep her in your prayers. Uh, I would appreciate it, and I'm sure she would as well. All right, so <clears throat> right around 9 p.m., the Associated Press called it as the last polls across the state closed. It was quite literally the moment they locked the doors. It was like the announcement went out. Everybody knew exactly how it was going to happen because it was quite obvious throughout the entire day. Donald Trump had a strong lead when the day started out. He continued to maintain that lead and it widened out all throughout the day. So Trump ended up closing this race with 65.6 percent. Nikki Haley only had 30.2 percent, less than half of President Trump's vote percentage. And, of course, with that stated right there, there still had about 9 percent of the vote to be tabulated. It stayed about the same. Uh, This is 16 delegates that go into Trump's already uh, massive massive pot. Uh, And of course, the GOP convention will be on Saturday and those remaining 39 delegates will be awarded in the aftermath. Now, this was not a surprising victory. Everybody knew that President Trump was going to win. Haley has lost every single time. It doesn't matter how much money she spent. She just continues to lose because she's a loser. Now, of course, President Trump is going to continue dominating as we move towards Super Tuesday. That's the day that Nikki Haley promised she would think about dropping out if she doesn't win a single contest. Uh, She's not going to. Uh, And, of course, there is uh, another uh, contender for the Republican nominee. That was uh, Pastor Ryan Binkley. Uh, I did not know who that was. Never heard of that man, but I guess he's now going to be endorsing President Trump. He basically got like a handful of votes. But he said this, today I am suspending my campaign for the presidency of the United States of America and offering my endorsement and unwavering support for President Trump. Now, the vast majority of the field, there were more than a dozen candidates at its peak at one time. Pretty much all of them dropped out ahead or just after the Iowa caucuses because President Trump literally trumped his competition in every single way. You had Governor Ron DeSantis. I want to say he was still on the ballot. Actually, I believe I had a copy of it right here. Yeah, here we go. All right. So this is what the final shakedown looked like. There's a couple of key things here that I I want to make sure you guys are aware of and make sure that you keep this in mind as we move towards November. All right. So President Trump ended with 68.1%. That was 758,892 votes. Nikki Haley only ended up with 26.6% and 296,328 votes. Uncommitted is uh, 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 basically somebody in, in Michigan can say that, well, they're conservative or they're liberal, but they don't like any of the candidates. And so they vote uncommitted. This is important, especially in this election. Only 3% of the Republican vote did that, 33,554. Ron DeSantis, even though he's not running for president, he was still on the ballot. He got 13,430. Chris Christie, who also dropped out long ago, 
4,792. Vivek, he got 3,718. That guy, Ryan Binkley, he got 2,348. And Asa Hutchinson, who long ago went back home uh, to the glue factory, got 1,089 votes, 0.1%. Now, if we take a look at the Democratic field, Joe Biden, the winner of the Democrat, uh, the of the Democrat primary challenge, uh, won with 81.2% of the vote, 623,415 votes. Look at that. There's about a, a 330, excuse me, I'm sorry, 130,000 vote margin in between Donald Trump and Joe Biden. However, look at this. Uncommitted in Michigan was 101,436. That's 13.2% of the Democrat vote. Okay, quite a few more Democrats than Republicans. About three to one Democrats, Republicans voted for uncommitted. Uh, and then Marianne Williamson, who I, I thought she dropped out of the race, but apparently she's back now. Twenty two thousand eight hundred and five votes she got. And then Dean Phillips, he's the guy who uh, went to the, the Trump rally that one time. He got twenty thousand six hundred votes. So what's so important about this? Uh, not only were there more voters voting for Donald Trump than voting for Joe Biden, but when you combine this Altogether, Donald Trump alone received more votes than all of the Democrat primary voters in total. And when you add Donald Trump's votes with Nikki Haley votes, with uncommitted votes, and then all of these other votes, it is a wide margin between the Republicans that came out to vote and the Democrats that came out to vote. Now, I'm sure that people are going to make the argument, well, you know, not that many people vote in the primary election. I truly do believe that this is indicative of what we're going to see when we actually get to November. And speaking of Nikki Haley and her loser face, uh, she has now spent nearly $80 million to not win a single primary challenge. As far as I know, last night, she uh, she has staunchly remained in the race. In Michigan alone, she almost spent a million dollars, 937000 South Carolina, $8.4 Her home state, she had to spend nearly eight. Point five million to not win at all. Very, very poorly. New Hampshire, where she had been banking, uh, really hoping she was going to have a strong showing there. John Sununu thought he was going to take her towards victory. Thirty one million. Iowa, thirty seven million. Remember, she lost before she even walked into the building that night. So. Her super PAC only had about 15 million on hand at the end of January. Uh, and pretty much every big donor that was propping up her campaign has now pulled out in the same way that her lover did in the back of that Escalade. So Nikki Haley is continuing on. I think she's just going to spend the rest of her money uh, and finish paying herself. I mean, it really doesn't matter if she spends it on, you know, lists or, you know, collateral, handing out uh, flyers or anything like that. She's just simply not going to move the needle. Uh, and that needle is only moving in one direction and one direction only. That is towards Donald Trump. Hear me out here. Hear me out here. Uh, not only did Joe Biden lose over 100,000 votes to that uncommitted category, but in at least one county, he actually lost to that uncommitted category. That was in Dearborn. 
Dearborn happens to be the location where a lot of secular Muslims, I guess just Muslims in general, live. These are, are, are tend to be people who came here from the Middle East, like escaping Iraq uh, or perhaps uh, escaping Iran, uh, maybe leaving like Syria or uh, Lebanon, places like that, you know, places where they, they might be Muslim, but, you know, they're, they're not like in Afghanistan and stuff, throwing people off of buildings. So last night when they were going through these results live on CNN, John King, I guess he got the memo at the moment that he was live on screen uh, and uh, and he was taken aback. He was very, very, very shocked. He said this is what Joe Biden received in Dearborn. Again, forgive me. One thousand one hundred and forty one votes. Dean Phillips got fifty four votes and uncommitted. Let me make sure I got this right. Three thousand seven hundred and three votes. So roughly three to one voted. I want nobody in not even Joe Biden. Uh, so if you look at that, uh, 23 percent for Joe Biden, 75 percent for uncommitted. And this is only the city, the city of Dearborn. Uh, and this is, again, the biggest pocket of Muslim Americans in the world. Uh, and uh, it is, of course, something to do with Muslim Americans. But I think that more specifically, that large segment of Michigan voters that voted uh, unaffiliated or, you know, disinterested, uncommitted. They did so because it's not simply about the Israeli Hamas war. There certainly is an aspect of it there, but it's also the economy. It's also the southern border. Uh, it's also the drugs. It's also the inflation. It's also the gas prices. I mean, Joe Biden is virtually destroyed everything that was good about America that was brought about by Donald Trump. He, he has, in so many ways, assured Donald Trump's victory come November. And I am aware they're going to try to steal it. They're going to do whatever they can to try to stuff the ballot box and ensure that Joe Biden gets another 81 million votes. But I believe that there's going to be a lot of people coming around to vote this time that perhaps did not vote in past elections. Maybe perhaps they voted uncommitted or they just chose to, you know, not worry about it at all in a past election. Uh, and then, of course, you've got a lot of people who used to support Joe Biden, but now they are supporting Donald Trump because they recognize that it's a life or death situation, guys. If you want to kill yourself and your family, if you want to ensure death, destruction and your inability to survive in a safe and secure environment, then by all means, vote for Joe Biden. But if you want to ensure a safe and secure environment to raise your children and for your grandchildren to be able to grow up playing outside or perhaps uh, walking to school in the morning without stepping on a uh, a trank and fentanyl laced needle, well, then you better vote for Donald Trump because somebody like this guy right here, he's going to make sure that your kids get the worst, absolute worst. So this was a humiliating defeat for Joe Biden last night, despite the fact that, you know, overall, he got 80 percent of the vote, 95 uh, percent of the vote counted. And uh, and Biden only had that 618 votes. And it just continued to rack up for Joe in favor of an uncommitted candidate. Back in 2020, Biden uh, allegedly beat President Trump by a mere 154,188 votes. I still don't believe that those people even existed. I think they were all injected into the system uh, through agencies like GBI strategies, allegedly, in my opinion. So something else really should concern him, that 95 percent of the vote count 
President Trump snatching about over three quarters of a million votes. Uh, President Trump uh, racking up all of those other votes that will undoubtedly end up voting for him because those people also, they may not care for Trump, not all of them, but I think they also do care for their lives. I think that they certainly care about the future of this country. And if you can truly look yourself in the mirror and say that you're not better off what uh, you weren't better off, rather, with Donald Trump in office, that you weren't safer with Donald Trump in office, that, you know, more people weren't dropping dead when Donald Trump was in office. More people weren't being raped and murdered in the Georgia countryside. More people were not having their children or their boyfriends being murdered by illegal aliens driving cars without driver's licenses. I mean, the list goes on and on. If you can look at yourself and say that your life is better under Joe Biden, then you're the problem. You're part of the problem because you obviously have something wrong with your brain. So this should really concern Joe Biden and the Democrats. Michigan is not going to be a simple, easy, uh, you know, one handed win for Joe Biden. I think Michigan is going to legitimately go for Donald Trump this time around. And Joe Biden and the Democrats are going to have a very difficult time taking this state. Now, why do I feel so committed to this? Well, that uncommitted category that I mentioned there, the 101,000 people who refused to vote for Joe Biden but wanted him to know that they would have if it wasn't for the fact that he sucked so bad. All of those people are committing to voting for Donald Trump uh, come November. So uh, this is a portion of those Muslims that live in that area uh, of uh, of the of Detroit, that la- greater metro Detroit area, Dearborn. Um, but they're, they're largely upset about Joe Biden's handling of the war in Gaza. And as I was saying yesterday, Joe Biden's in a very difficult position. He's either a Nazi and a colonizer if he supports the Jews, or he's a Nazi and an anti-Semite if he supports the Gazans. There's really no easy way out of this one. And you know, that's largely due to him. He made his own bed. The Democrats made their own bed. They need to lie in it. And they're all getting fleas as I see it right now. So all of these people are pledging to vote for Donald Trump. Now, interestingly enough, Rashida Talab uh, posted a video explaining why she was among those people who voted for uncommitted instead of Joe Biden. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, how ironic, how, how, how hilarious would it be if Rashida Talab publicly puts her support behind Donald Trump? Because, uh, you know, come November, she recognizes that he's the best chance that she and others have for peace in the Middle East. I mean, he did it once before. Let's take a listen. Everyone, it's Rashida. I was proud today to walk in and pull a Democratic ballot and vote uncommitted. We must protect our democracy. We must make sure that our government is about us, about the people. When 74% of Democrats in Michigan support a ceasefire, yet... President Biden is not hearing us. This is the way we can use our democracy to say, listen, listen to Michigan. Listen to the families right now that have been directly impacted, but also listen to the majority of Americans who are saying enough. No more wars. No more using our dollars to fund a genocide. No more. So please take your family members. Use our democratic process to speak up about your core values where you want to see our country go. I know taking my first time voter, my 18 year old son to the polls today was so incredibly empowering too. 
and he felt it. And I told him, you right now did it for not only Sidra and Rima, which those images have never left any of us, but you also did it to protect our democracy. You know, I got to say, if she didn't vote for Joe Biden, she's definitely protecting democracy. Uh, but I also want to remind Rashida Talab that all of those things that she's asking for, no more wars, no more genocide, no more murdering, no more U.S. tax dollars being sent off to foreign lands so that it can be used to kill not only innocent people, but of course, our men and women who get in uniform and leave this country to go protect it. This is everything we want, too. This right here is a common point of agreement. Our interests intersect in this way. And Rashida, Rashida, we may be so diametrically opposed in the other things that we believe. But if we can get behind this one thing, babe, we can go ahead and elect Donald Trump to come back in and take over Washington, D.C. come January 2025. I believe that's already going to happen. I'm just all about seeing if I can get Rashida Talab to publicly support Donald Trump, because I tend to think that would be one of the uh, better ironic things that I've seen in the recent year. Uh, just as long as you're a legal citizen when you hand in your vote. Oh, you got to make sure must be a legal citizen. This is Jamila Karkaba. She's a driving instructor who immigrated to the U.S. from Lebanon and said Biden is done doing nothing for us and plans to switch her support to Donald Trump after voting uncommitted. I will tell you this. The people who live in Dearborn, Michigan, they're legal. Okay, they're not people who came here illegally. They're business owners. They've got money. Like they're actually like creating things. They're not pooping in the street. They're not uh, high on heroin standing outside of a soup kitchen. I mean, the people who moved to the United States, emigrated to that portion of Michigan. Uh, they are law-abiding citizens. And, you know, they, they've come from hell and back to make it here and to make a life for their family and for their friends. And to see what Joe Biden's done to this country by completely abandoning the ideas of law and order and just allowing tens of millions of illegals to come pouring across that southern border with no care, thought or worry. Uh, here's another one who says that he would rather have Trump. He's not voting for Biden in November. He's not voting for Democrats in November. Here's uh, another group of elected officials they're talking about deposing and getting rid of. My point being, friends, is that Donald Trump is gaining support by the day. And as I said, Marianne Williamson has announced that she's going to stay in the race. I think it has a lot to do with the fact that those uncommitted voters uh, voted not for Joe Biden and for basically anybody else. Plus, she did get 22,000 votes. I think that's the most votes she's gotten at any point in any of the presidential races where she's run. Uh, so if you'll remember, at some point in the past, not that long ago, she said that she was suspending her presidential campaign. But then after the election in Michigan yesterday, she announced on X, hey, guess what, guys? I'm back. I'm unsuspending my campaign for the presidency of the United States. I had suspended it because I was losing the horse race. But something so much more important than the horse race is at stake here, and we must respond. We have a fascist standing at the door. 
Who does she believe the fascist is? That's the question I have, because I believe that Joe Biden is a fascist. She declares it is delusional for Democrats to wait and hope that Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris will beat former President Donald Trump in a general election. You may be right there. It certainly is delusional. It certainly is foolhardy, Marianne. But you don't have a snowball's chance in hell of beating Donald Trump in that election either. And no matter what you do, I mean— Granted, she, in the same way that Nikki Haley is, she's going to be able to cash a check the entire time, but she's not going to beat Donald Trump. Uh, just because she calls him a fascist doesn't mean that anybody believes it. Marianne Williamson, you know, you're a multimillionaire, okay? I also believe that under Joe Biden, your bank account has taken a hit in the same way that my bank account has taken a hit, in the same way that the audience's bank accounts have taken a hit. Uh, there's no way that you don't know the truth, that you don't feel it intrinsically. Donald Trump is not a fascist. Donald Trump is the one who kept us out of wars. Donald Trump is the one who cut the red tape to get the government out of our lives. It's Joe Biden who's putting it all back in. Joe Biden's also going to be the one that might let the Trump tax exemptions expire. Uh, when Donald Trump comes back, you better believe that our tax code is going to at least remain the same as it was when he was here. So anyways, Marianne Williamson, a little bit delusional, but I'll take it just because it's some more drama in the whole thing. Uh, also, let me say thank you very much to Just Duckies. He says, much love and God help us today and every day. Good. God is good. God is good. Thank you so much. Netfolks one. Thank you. Porpoiseful. Thank you. Loop to loop. Thank you. Thick Ray. Good to see you out there, hun. Appreciate you. Polly9363. Thank you for the shades. Thank you to Sean Joe also for the couple of donations right there. Uh, okay, so let's see who, wait a second, who's selling crack? Are you saying that the Chinese are selling crack? Uh, somebody is selling crack. It's definitely out there in, uh, in Los Angeles and in other major metropolitan cities, but let's be honest, crack is not as, uh, as, um, I guess it's not as popular as it once was. Now you got people smoking crystal methamphetamine with fentanyl and, uh, and Trank, that zombie drug that has people, uh, basically falling asleep, standing up. It's uh, it's pretty awful. Uh, speaking of falling asleep, standing up, cocaine Mitch McConnell, t Mitch the turtle, uh, finally. You know, I mean, I think a lot of us have seen the writing on the wall for a very long time. We've been waiting for Mitch McConnell to either drop dead on the floor of the Senate or announce that he's going to go home and crawl into a hole and die that way. But he has now officially announced his retirement from the Senate of the United States of America. I want to take you back, rewind about a week, week or so ago, when I brought you a story that I had a strange feeling about at that time. The sister-in-law of Joe Biden, a Chinese woman, you know, Joe Biden's married to a Chinese woman, Elaine Chow. His sister-in-law, I believe her name was Angela Chow. She died mysteriously in a single car accident. She was apparently on a private ranch in Texas. Now, granted, I know Texas is a big state, but if she was on this ranch, then people there likely knew that she was there and she might have been leaving or maybe they were expecting her to arrive and she just got there. But somehow she ended up in her car in a pond and she didn't get out. And she drowned in that car. Now, as far as I know, there hasn't been a public autopsy and there really hasn't been a cause of death other than to say that she died in this car accident that 
where her car went into the water. Did she have, I don't know, a Tesla or some other sort of electric vehicle that didn't have any mechanical systems on it? Is that why she couldn't get out of the car? Had she been drugged and then somebody pushed her car into the pond, it slowly filled up with water? I mean, ponds generally are smaller. If it was like a lake or something like that, yeah, I don't know. I, I might uh, I might wonder how it could have happened or even a river because rivers have fast moving currents. But anyways, at the time, I, I speculated, is this a warning to Mitch McConnell? Is somebody trying to tell him something? I thought maybe stay in line or else. But maybe maybe that warning was Mitch, get out while you can. We killed your Chinese sister-in-law, and we're going to be happy to kill your wife and you as well. So Mitch McConnell, doors don't open in the water. Oh, the doors, well, the doors didn't open in the water. But, I mean, couldn't you open up your window? I mean, I don't know. I, I, I also have one of those things that would break glass if my car went underwater. I know that there is an issue with the pressure and stuff like that. Um, but I, I, I feel that... A competent adult could have figured out a way to get out of that situation. Um, I don't know. Maybe she just wasn't competent. But I tend to think that it's a little odd that she died in a single car car accident. And now Mitch McConnell is uh, retiring from the Senate. OK, Melchizedek. Uh, yeah. Uh, yes, he uh, it, it was a Tesla, I believe, could have been electrocuted as well. Oh, could, but I mean, could she, though? I mean. Wouldn't that have like it, there's got to be there's got to be safety systems in a car like that or you would think that there would be. I don't know. I'm not I'm not a mechanical or, a, or an electrical engineer. I mean, I would think because, I mean, if it was a danger of getting electrocuted in, a, in an electric car, I mean, why the heck would they be putting them on the road? I mean, somebody just needs to push their Tesla into the river and then, you know, you're going to have a whole bunch of salmon jumping up on the banks. Anyways, uh, Mitch McConnell. Uh, had some remarks, some prepared remarks for the world. Uh, it was just last week he turned 82. I guess that his sister died in a single car car accident very close to his birthday. I, I wasn't aware of that. Uh, and uh, he was uh, making this announcement early this morning. He said, one of life's most underappreciated talents is to know when it's time to move on to life's next chapter. And he just stood there exactly like I just did. No, I'm just kidding. He said, so I stand before you today to say that theirs will be my last term as Republican leader of the Senate. Uh, let's see. Anarchist. Oh, you have a flipper? I've always wanted one of those. I have a flipper zero. Knowing what I do about coding and what I've been able to accomplish with that thing, it's not out of the realm of possibilities. A device exists to remotely control any Tesla. Uh, Richard Dollar also says, Zach, I have often wondered if a person could really get out after going into the water. Give me the good old days when cars had a window crank. Yes, yeah, absolutely. I mean, ah, here we go. Spank Huggins. I work on Tesla's front doors also have cable connected to separate door handle under armrest of the door. See, that's what I thought. I, I thought that I had heard about a variety of different safety mechanisms, mechanical safety mechanisms that had been built into a Tesla uh, so that if, God forbid, the electricity stops working, you can still get out or something like that. Um, yeah. <laughs> I thought your stream froze. No, that was just my best Mitch McConnell impersonation. <laughs> I was trying to make an AI image of Mitch McConnell just like staring at the wall, like drooling and stuff, but I couldn't get anybody to do it. Anyways, that was the best I could do uh, is what you see on the thumbnail. So uh, McConnell says that he plans out to serve uh, his Senate term 
which ends in January 2027. Jeez, oh, Pete, I, I don't know that he's going to make it that long. Uh, but he says he's going to be serving it from a different seat in the chamber. He's no longer going to be minority leader. Somebody else is going to be taking over for him. So uh, obviously, a lot of people have been speculating on Mitch McConnell's health for a very long time. He got a concussion last year when he fell, and then he had two separate public episodes where he froze and kind of entered a catatonic state for an extended period of time. When he did kind of come back around, it was almost like he didn't know his own name. He didn't know where he was. He didn't know what he was supposed to be doing. Oh, man, I, I, if if Mitch McConnell is going to remain in the Senate until 2027, uh, well, then somebody else is going to be having to do his job for him. Who knows? He may just continue to cash a paycheck and maybe Zoom call his votes in. But since he's no longer going to be the minority leader, that means that somebody else is going to become minority leader. And then, uh, of course, they're going to be the ones that are whipping votes, uh, getting people to vote for this or that. And we now have a distinct opportunity uh, to have somebody in that position who truly represents the best interests of the American people. Um, So Breitbart reported that uh, Mitch McConnell went silent During his opening remarks at a regular press conference, according to video of the alarming segment, and then his colleagues were forced to pull him aside from a podium at the Capitol without finishing his remarks. Uh, And then, of course, let's, you know, I think they must have. Did they? Yes, they did. Let's just watch this, guys, for old time's sake. This is one of my favorites. Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, We're on a path to finishing the NDA uh, this week. It's been good bipartisan cooperation and a string of uh, uh, uh. <laughs> I feel horrible but it, oh god look at him he just got his eyes rolling up in the back of his head uh, everyone's like oh, Mitch Mitch are you good bro okay Mitch you okay, Mitch? Anything else you want to say? Hey, just go back to you. where you at? Hey, do you want to say anything? Else Come back, Mitch. Box? Come here. Nope, I'm good. I'm good, boys. Let's go. Let's go back. Let's go ahead, John. Which way do I go? Come on, God, they want to get him out of there so bad. <laughs> oh, oh, cocaine is a hell of a drug. That's what I hear anyway. Um, okay. And uh, do they? Yes. Do they? <laughs> no. Okay. Here's here's Donald Trump making his own commentary on whether or not Mitch McConnell should stick around. Uh, this was from a year ago. So obviously, I didn't, this has been happening for so long. So speaking of the Senate, uh, the, we saw another big story this week is that the Senate leader, Mitch McConnell, had another of what appears now to have been several major health incidents. Uh, I don't know if you saw the video of him at the press conference. What did you think about that? Well, I thought it was sad. At the same time, uh, I think it's a shame that he went so far out to give Green Deal money to Biden and the Democrats. You know, he got 10 people to vote because they needed 10 people, and he got 10 people to vote on numerous occasions for trillions of dollars, and I think that's a shame. But that was too bad. That was actually a sad thing to see. He had a bad fall. It is. It is. It's a sad thing to see. But I got to be honest, you guys. I have no love lost for Mitch McConnell. I think that Mitch McConnell is a self-serving, selfish man. Uh, He, of course, made his fortune 
He and his family, he and his his own crime family, they made their fortune in cocaine. Okay, that's why Donald Trump calls him cocaine Mitch McConnell. And uh, and Mitch McConnell wouldn't be in the position to abuse his power if it wasn't for the fact that he came up on uh, on the coke smuggling business. Now, you know, I think any one of us could have ended up in the Senate if we were that good at smuggling cocaine. But thank God you have ethics, right? Thank God everybody here wants to serve America in the correct way. I'm assuming, okay? There's probably, uh, chances are at least one of you out there is a coke smuggler. (laughs) If we had to break it down into uh, percentages and probabilities, at least one of you out there might be, uh, or so, you know, or, or any other number of drugs. Hopefully you're not, though, you know. Find the strength. You don't need that stuff. Uh, in the same way that uh, Fannie Willis and uh, Nathan Wade needed the strength to stay the hell away from each other, but they couldn't do it. They couldn't quit him. Couldn't quit you, boy. Couldn't quit you. Anarchist Al says there's a lot of hype surrounding flippers, but it's possible to clone car keys, turn off your phone, steal Wi-Fi passwords with little effort, change traffic lights, open Tesla doors and other stuff. Yes, I have seen uh, quite a few interesting methodologies for causing havoc, shall we say. Uh, I just don't go out in public all that often. And, of course, they they were always on uh, a tremendous back order. They were immediately sold out because people – People love them because <laughs> you can do so much stuff with them. Uh, okay. Uh, twisted one, coke is life. <laughs> Sounds like Hunter Biden's in the chat, guys. Uh, okay. So uh, yesterday, the testimony of Nathan Wade, we talked about it. And I mentioned, you know, it's kind of desire to not say things out loud. Obviously, um, the reason that his statements were known to the defense for Ashley Merchant was because Ashley Merchant had reached out to him trying to get information about whether or not Nathan Wade and Fannie Willis had engaged in a romantic relationship prior to the day that they admitted to doing so. And uh, Terry Br- Terrence Bradley uh, just gave up the ghost. I don't know if if Ashley was flirting with him or something like that. But I mean, as a lawyer, as a professional, right? I mean, it seems like he should have known that this was not a good idea. Um, however, he told her a whole bunch of stuff. He told their via text message uh, how early the relationship started, uh, told her about a time that uh, Fannie Willis and Nathan Wade had sex in the office, uh, about how the fact that Nathan Wade had a, a garage door opener for Fannie's house so he could drop by for a booty call anytime that he wanted. Uh, you know, the list goes on and on. And um, Ashley Merchant had, had had gotten confirmation in the text messages from Terrence Bradley, uh, about the various statements that he made to her. And he replied and had her correct one thing, but then never said anything else about it. So he was attempting to use his statement as an obfuscation of his confirmation. So, no, I I didn't confirm the statement that she made to me about me saying that Fannie Willis and Nathan Wade had sex on this date in the office well before they were actually hired at the district attorney's office. Uh, and the lawyer for President Trump was probably the best out of all of them. Steve Sadow. Um, he, he's he's a, a real monster uh, when he's when he is uh, questioning somebody. He, he drilled it down in such a specific way to get Terrence Bradley to admit that he said these things. And then uh, essentially he stated Terrence tried to explain it away, saying that he was just speculating. And so Steve Sadow was like, well, why would you speculate? And he couldn't answer it because, of course, somebody unless they're like a, a, a like a, a known liar, 
They're not just going to make something up out of nowhere. Usually, I would say nine to 10 times out of 10, if you're going to make a statement, even if you didn't experience something personally, you likely could have had someone else give you the information. Well, I believe that they had a relationship beginning in April of 2019. Why would you speculate on something like that, Mr. Bradley? I don't know. I can't tell you. Well, of course, as Steve Sadow said, the answer is because you actually knew that to be true, and now you don't want to admit it in open court because, A, he looks like a real piece of work. Nobody's ever going to hire him to be their lawyer in the state of Georgia ever again because he just gave up all of his clients' personal information. Uh, and then, B, he by, by doing so, he put his former client in legal jeopardy uh, by having a conversation with a uh, a pretty female lawyer. I think that this is where his head was at. Not up here, shall we say. Terrence Bradley uh, had uh, uh, loose lips. And you know what they say about loose lips? They think they sink ships. Dawn's Breaking says, God bless you, bless you, Zach. This is my first ever rant. My husband has been laughing so hard with your humor. We needed it today. Thank you. Thank you very much, Dawn's Breaking. I sincerely appreciate you and your husband hanging out with us. I'm glad you guys like the show, and I'm glad that you enjoy the humor as well. Uh, I need the humor. Let me be honest with you. It's like, you know, getting ready for the show. Obviously, I've got to be serious. I, I am uh, a fairly detail-oriented person, and we got a lot going on, even outside of just preparing the show. Uh, so today was very, very busy. And it's like, I know as soon as I get on the air and I can just start talking and can just start riffing, uh, you know, I can let loose. And uh, anyways, it's a good feeling. I, I'm glad that you're enjoying the show. So thank you very, very much. I really appreciate the support as well. All right. So as I said, Terrence Bradley, one time divorce attorney, uh, claimed to have only had one conversation in four years about Nathan Wade and Fannie Willis. Couldn't remember the date or the time, but he did remember the setting, which, as we stated yesterday, was in their old office that they shared together. Uh, and uh, he couldn't remember the, the context of the conversation, only that Nathan Wade had turned to him and said, I'm dating Fannie Willis. Um, he did claim that he at one time that he thought it was after she had joined the DA's office, but he couldn't commit to it. You see, if he was to commit to something as a factual truth and then it was turned out to be completely not true later on, well, that would put him at risk of being charged with perjury. The other aspect of this is where is he committing perjury uh, and where does he practice law in Fulton County? It's the Fulton County District Attorney's Office that is going to make the decision on whether or not to charge him with perjury. So by speaking out against the current district attorney and also potentially lying on the stand, if Fannie Willis doesn't get taken down for this or if she does get taken down and she is left with friends still working in the district attorney's office, they could make the choice to go after Terrence Bradley with everything they've got. Uh, certainly, they're probably not going to be hiring him for any special cases uh, anytime in the near future. So basically, the person who looked the worst yesterday was Terrence Bradley. Um, and that's saying a lot, probably because his career is going to be over no matter what happens. However, 
it was quite obvious that Fannie Willis and Nathan Wade uh, were impeached by the testimony, the combined testimony of Terrence Bradley and, of course, uh, Miss Yurdy, Miss Yurdy, who I don't remember her first name. She had testified previously. So <clears throat> the judge is going to be now deliberating on the information that was presented. I believe that there was some more evidence that was going to be presented uh, off camera in, in the kind of privacy of his uh, of his quarters, if you will. Uh, and then on Friday, uh, we're expecting both sides to give their closing arguments. Uh, I think that it's a foregone conclusion. The judge is going to find that Fannie Willis and Nathan Wade must be removed from this case. Uh, if he doesn't, well, then it's going to look incredibly bad. I mean, even you got CNN talking heads talking about how this looks, how bad this looks and and. When Fannie Willis and Nathan Wade are removed from this case, when the district attorney's office is disqualified in its entirety, uh, I think that this case will no longer be able to find a home anywhere else. Uh, so I'm really excited about President Trump's chances. You guys, this was uh, another wonderful piece of news that came out. Now, before we get into that, I just need to give a couple of props to the sponsors of the second half of the show. Uh, first of all, also, Glenn uh, says, Zach, if I remember right, didn't the state AG say that if it goes against Fannie and gets removed, then the case would have to be taken out of Fulton County? I mean, that's if they are able to successfully bring that case someplace else. But yes, uh, if 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 Fannie Willis and Nathan Wade are disqualified, then the entire district attorney's office is going to be disqualified. So there has to be another district attorney somewhere else who is willing to take this case up. I think the entire case is going to be poisoned, and there is a possibility that Judge Scott McAfee might dismiss it with prejudice, which means that no one else in any county, any jurisdiction across America is going to be able to charge President Trump and his co-defendants with these charges at any point in the future. So, yes, uh, although it is a remote possibility, another jurisdiction might be able to take up this case. I don't think that any other jurisdiction is going to be able to do so. All right. So I need to say thank you very much to my friends at onenessdrops.com. Don't forget, onenessdrops.com is your source for chlorine dioxide water purification kits. They come in two parts, parts A and parts B. There's a couple of different formulations. They are different chemicals, but when you mix them together because chemistry works, trust the science, it's going to become chlorine dioxide, which is antibacterial, antiviral, uh, anti- um, uh, um, uh, there's, no, there's another one. I don't know. It, it, it makes everything clean, guys. Trust me. It's going to kill the creepy crawlies and it's going to make the water uh, safe and clean to drink. Uh, so you can use this for a whole bunch of different things. But you know, a lot of people just put it in their water every single day, drink a certain amount. And uh, as it's known as the universal antidote by the people at NASA, that's why they send this uh, with the astronauts. If they go up to space, if you believe in that stuff, and if you don't, well, you can just say it's fake and gay. But I, I guarantee you that uh, chlorine dioxide is uh, the real deal. There is actual science working behind that stuff. So use code RP78 to save 15% off of your order there at onenessdrops.com every single time you order. Also, don't forget about our friends at MyPillow.com. You also can use code RP78 to save up to 80% off of every single one of Mike Lindell's American-made products. 
That includes the My Slippers, the My Pillow 2.0, the My Robes, the Giza Dream Sheets, the mattress toppers or the mattresses themselves, also the My Store, which includes products like My Coffee uh, and a bunch of other stuff, which is coming from other American made businesses. So you can support a lot of America first causes by going to mypillow.com and using code RP78. Buying everything you need for your bedroom, your bathroom, your medicine cabinet, and, of course, your coffee cup. Gump says space is gay. (laughs) Space is gay and so are nukes. All right. And then finally, don't forget about our friends at preparewithredpill78.com where you can get the best deals on survival food. Right now, you can save $60 off a four-week supply of emergency food. We're talking about three square meals a day with over 22,000 calories, and they will last on the shelf for up to 25 years. If you need emergency food, you might as well get it from the people who support my channel because it will also support my channel. Prepare with redpill78.com. For those of you who have ordered, thank you very much. I sincerely appreciate it. Also to uh, Buck Wayne, who says Fulton Fanny's phone reveal, a trail of fuzzy bump nuggets nesting fraudulently funded by a Georgia taxpayer. And they accuse Trump of unethical behavior. No case. Thanks from Canada for great shows. Thank you so much to you. I appreciate the uh, the creative alliteration that you had there. <clears throat> um, let me also uh, actually make a public plea. Uh, to someone who had sent me an email yesterday. Uh, hold on. I need to say this name out loud. Uh, okay. Here it is. Donald Britt. Donald, are you listening? Donald had been a member of the channel since like December 2020. And he asked to cancel his membership yesterday, and I graciously uh, uh, approved it immediately. If you are a member of my channel through the website, I'm making a personal plea to you. If you have something that comes up within your life where your financial situation changes and you can't be a member anymore, you want to change your membership amount, please reach out to me. This is why I give my email address every single show, redpill78 at proton.me. That's why I give my website, redpill78news.com, where there is a contact page with a specific dropdown for membership help. Please reach out to me. Please reach out to me. Do not call your bank and file a fraudulent chargeback because you're going to get a uh, refund, okay? But then I'm going to get charged $15 and up depending on how much your donation was. And that will be charged to me for every single chargeback that you go through. Um, Last month, there was a guy who did it for four months in a row, four months in a row. And he didn't respond to my emails. Uh, I can't get a hold of him because he didn't give me his phone number. It's like he just tried to screw me over on purpose. So not only do I have to pay Not only do I have to pay a significant fine uh, because you've said that I fraudulently fraudulently used your card, but now people are starting to email me and say that their banks are shutting down their cards when they try to donate because now my website is associated specifically with fraudulent charges. 
I just want to go on the record and say that my uh, honesty is very important to me. My integrity means absolutely everything. I've never fraudulently used someone's credit card. In fact, the entire process is 100 percent user initiated and it's very clear exactly what you're doing. So, Donald, I hope you're listening. I would really appreciate if you reply to my email. Uh, The other guy can't remember his name. Doesn't matter now. I'm probably screwed there. But. If if you wouldn't mind, if anybody out there that is listening and thinking, hey, my money is uh, is not doing so hot, maybe I should call Zach or maybe I should email Zach. Also, maybe check take a look at the email that goes out. There's a phone number in that email as well. Uh, I am making a personal plea because now my ability to even accept credit cards is in jeopardy. So please don't be the person who destroys my ability to continue to collect donations. Uh, I would really, really, really appreciate it because there's nothing else I can do. It's like in God's hands at this point, and it's also in your hands. If you are a person who is thinking that, you know, you don't want to support me anymore for whatever reason, you know, you don't need to destroy my ability to, to feed myself and my family, okay? I mean, and it's not just that. I mean, that's how I'm able to produce the show. There's a significant cost that's associated with having all of these memberships to these various platforms for software and stuff like that. So please, God, please, please. Donald, I hope you're listening because I just emailed you again this morning. You emailed me yesterday for the very first time. Please, don't file a chargeback against me. There have been people that I, like... <laughs> Like we talked a lot and they still filed a chargeback against me. And then once they realized what they did, they just ghosted me. Uh, I mean, I just can't even believe it. Like we can get over it. We can get over it. I won't blame you for making a mistake. We can move past it. But just like don't screw me like that, please. All right. That's it. I I just I had to get that out there because I just like couldn't believe it that it happened again. All right. So we have a – uh, a very interesting case that was brought to us by Ken Paxton. I have to say, I like Ken Paxton a lot. And I feel like over and over again, time and time again, Ken has shown us that if there's anybody out there that's going to be fighting for Americans and Texans, it's going to be this man right here. I think Ken Paxton, if he wanted to, could have a career in national politics. But so far, it looks like he's just looking to stay there in the great state of Texas. Maybe he'll end up being governor after Greg Abbott's gone. But what did Ken do? Well, Ken took us, the American people, uh, for a ride regarding the 2022 spending bill, $1.7 trillion spending bill that was passed by Democrats at the end of 2022. Due to his efforts, taking it to the courts, to federal courts, uh, he was able to get it deemed unconstitutional. This was a judge on Tuesday that delivered this word, Judge Wesley Hendricks. He's out of Lubbock in the Northern District of Texas. And uh, it now opens up the possibility for blocking Joe Biden's allocation of billions of dollars in taxpayer funds through additional litigation. So, You may remember this omnibus bill. We covered it here on the channel at the time because we said it wasn't legal. They didn't have a quorum. They did not have the numbers that were required to pass this bill. This was the Electoral Count Act. I'm sorry. The Electoral Count Act was included in it. But back in 2022, uh, while there was uh, Joe Biden on a family vacation in St. Croix, uh, the, uh, the, the, the bill was flown down to him. 
And uh, this is where they initially earmarked uh, $45 billion for Ukraine, including a bunch of money for a bunch of other stuff. But that included the Electoral Count Act. That put $2.6 billion towards January 6th investigations, uh, around $600 million for the EPA, just need to get rid of the EPA entirely. Another $11 million was then allocated to target gun owners, people like us. Notably, there was nothing in the bill about border security. Of course, that was a major point of contention that the American people and, of course, the Republicans wanted to get in there as well. If you're going to spend money, then why don't you do it in the right places? So early in 2023, A.G. Paxton signed this this lawsuit and brought it to court challenging that implementation of the Consolidated Appropriations Act of 2023. He was specifically calling into question the constitutionality of the House's quorum during its passage. This was passed at a time when less than half of the U.S. Congress was physically present. So Texas filed this case in February of 2023, Uh, this $1.7 billion appropriations bill that was passed by Congress and signed by President Biden in December 2022 was claimed by Texas uh, to be injurious by two unrelated provisions of that act. The first was $20 million allocated to the DHS's Alternatives to Detention Program. That was a case management pilot program. It would use less expensive and more humane tools like a GPS monitor. So like literally an ankle monitor that they would put onto the ankles of these illegals. Now, more than likely, those illegals just cut them off and they went about their business. We've actually got a couple of stories for you today about some of those illegals that Joe Biden let into the nation. We'll talk about those in a second. Uh, But that also included money for the Pregnant Workers Fairness Act, which requires newly covered employees defined to include states as employers to provide certain accommodations for pregnant employees. So although Texas is only seeking to block these two provisions, they do have a legal claim that the act is invalid because the House of Representatives did not have a quorum when it passed that act. There were not enough people present to vote. And essentially, Nancy Pelosi just said, you know what, we're going to vote for it anyways. And we're going to go ahead and tell the American people where they can stick it. So they highlighted that the House permitted proxy voting. This is a move that can argued contradicts over two centuries of legislative practice when you look at the Constitution's quorum clause. Uh, C.L. Meadows says, did you know that Carl Rove was in part responsible for the impeachment expert ex- efforts against Paxson? He spoke about it on Tucker Carlson's new show. I haven't seen that interview with Ken Paxton, but that would not surprise me at all. Carl Rove is Satan's spawn incarnate. I do not like Carl Rove. Uh, Texas Perrette says, Zach, here's the money for the fees you were charged when that guy canceled four months. Man, thank you so much. Uh, you, you can't make up the donations, but still, maybe this will help. Love from Texas. Thank you very, very much. I really appreciate it. So according to the press release that Ken Paxton put out, Attorney General Paxton is suing Biden and members of the admin over the unlawful signing and implementation of the Constitutional Appropriations Act of 2023, which was the latest omnibus spending bill. The U.S. Constitution requires that a quorum of members in the U.S. House of Representatives be present for the lower chamber of Congress to conduct business. When the House passed this act in December of 2022, fewer than half of those members were present and more than half voted by proxy. Now, the U.S. Constitution is rather clear on this proposition. It empowers a quorumless House only, only to adjourn from day to day or 
to compel the attendance of absent members because attendance, as defined, requires physical presence. And the U.S. Constitution does not allow voting by proxy to constitute a quorum. And because the omnibus spending bill wasn't passed without a quorum in the House being physically present, well, then it was never lawfully enacted. It is, in fact, unconstitutional, and the federal government should be enjoined from implementing it. And Judge Hendricks put out a 120-page opinion, basically just tearing apart the Justice Department's defense of that spending bill. He addressed every single argument the DOJ made one by one, and in particular, he dismissed the notion that federal courts lack jurisdiction to scrutinize the legislative process. He actually cited Supreme Court precedent, which requires resolving any challenges to a quorum rule before applying the enrolled bill doctrine. These people are the worst. They think they can do whatever the hell they want because they're the ones who are sitting in the seat of power in Washington, D.C. Uh, let me say thank you to, again, Texas Perrette. Here's the rest. Oh, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate it, you guys. Thank you so much. Um, all right, so Hendricks wrote this uh, in his 120-page uh, decision. Let me just get a drink of water first. Oops. Okay. For over 35 years, Congress understood the Constitution's quorum clause to represent a majority of members of the House of Senate to be physically present to constitute the necessary quorum to pass legislation. This rule prevents a minority of members from passing legislation that affects the entire nation. But despite, but despite the Constitution's text and centuries of consistent practice, the House in 2020 created a rule that permitted non-present members to be included in the quorum count and vote by proxy. Now, pursuant to the novel rule, the House passed a new law included within the Consolidated Appropriations Act of 2023, and that particular provision affects Texas. Like many constitutional challenges, Texas asserts that its provision is unenforceable because it because against it because Congress violated the Constitution in passing the law. And because the House only had a quorum due to this unconstitutional provision of its proxy rule, the House violated the quorum clause when it passed the Consolidated Appropriations Act of 2023. Finally, the court finds that Texas has carried its burden to show its entitlement to a permanent injunction of the Pregnant Workers Fairness Act. In light of these conclusions, the court enjoins the defendants from enforcing the Pregnant Workers Fairness Act against the state of Texas. <laughs> Absolutely love it. Uh, yeah, I'm just doing a southern accent. Uh, <laughs> I'm imagining that he's an, an older gentleman. Maybe he's a cigar smoker. Uh, but not quite not quite a Colonel Sanders. If it was a Colonel Sanders, it would have been a little bit more sing-songy. Uh, <laughs> Congress acted egregiously by passing this largest spending bill in U.S. history. The entire thing was unconstitutional. Former Speaker Pelosi abused proxy voting under the pretext of COVID-19 to pass this law. Then Biden signed it, knowing they violated the Constitution. This was a stunning violation of the rule of law. I am relieved that the court upheld the Constitution. Ah, I love it. I absolutely love it. Uh, two feathers. Thank you so much. This goes with all the others. Thank you so much. I really, really appreciate it, you guys. 
if you can, can you confirm for me that you couldn't just hear me hitting my vape? Because I have this mute button here. And uh, <laughs> you guys ever heard that joke, the aristocrats? <laughs> I'm not going to repeat it, but if you've heard it, then you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much, you guys. Really, really appreciate it. Mm. Do we got some? We got some trolls in the audience. We got some. We got some trolls in the audience. Uh, Don Sclater, good to see you, Don. Uh, love the accents. You are getting better and better with them. Thank you so much. Yes, yes, yes. Illinois ran to two. Oh, I got an Illinois. Oh, I do. I see it now. Thank you. Let me say Illinois hostage for your cool show. Thank you very much, Illinois. Illinois hostage. I. Uh, you couldn't hear. Thank you, babe. All right, Illinois. We're going to keep you in our prayers. I hope that every single one of you, I pray that each and every one of you remains safe, in good health, through thick and thin, prosperity, longevity, in no matter what state you're in. Of course, not all of you are going to be able to escape from a blue run hellhole if you perhaps are one of those unlucky, unfortunate people uh, who's stuck in the city of New York and you want to leave but you can't. Uh, I, I, I pray that your presence in New York or your presence in whatever city or state you're in right now is going to be a benefit to the people, be a benefit to that area. And I encourage you to be that change that we want to see take place across this nation. I said, I said, I said. Trump has posted a $100 million bond. Yesterday, we reported that, of course, he had filed the paperwork for the appeals process. Uh, he's also asking uh, the uh, egregious uh, New York State Attorney General Letitia James to pause that uh, enforcement of the nearly half a billion dollars that she and Judge Arthur and Gorin have asked him to pay. Uh, this $100 million bond is essentially in lieu of the full payment of that half a billion dollars. I can't, I can't even know how, how he, how did he get a hundred million dollars in cash to be able to pay this? I wonder if he's got some people helping him. Hey, what's up, Chi? Hey buddy. I love you. All right. So, um, so president Trump's defense lawyers wrote this in the, uh, uh, in the brief. The exorbitant and punitive amount of the judgment coupled with an unlawful and unconstitutional blanket prohibition on lending transactions would make it impossible to secure and post a complete bond. Appellates nonetheless plan to secure and post a bond in the amount of $100 million. Trisha, Q Patriot, Texas. Thank you so much, Trisha. Really appreciate you. And then Glenn says, Zach, appeals court denied the 100 million and said it had to be the full amount that oh my gosh let me refresh this page and see if they updated the article yeah this was definitely several hours ago when i pulled this up um all right well no they didn't update it in here look at this 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 letitia james she's posting on twitter every single day <laughs> she's like a troll $114,553.04 equals $464 million every single day. She couldn't be more pleased with herself. Could not be more pleased with herself. Oh, it's a disgusting racket, these people. I think President Trump is he's going to figure something out, but it, you know, I, if it was me, I'd be screwed. 
Well, President Trump was the only one who saw Judge Arthur and Gorin earlier. Turns out James O'Keefe, <laughs> James O'Keefe also had an opportunity to run in to Judge Arthur and Gorin. Uh, he actually learned where Arthur and Gorin worked out and he showed up at his gym and he worked out there and it looks like he had a conversation of some type with Judge Arthur and Gorin. Let me see. Uh, from what I understand, there's also going to be a full episode diving in to the seedier side of Judge Arthur and Gorin, perhaps him actually leering at uh, young women or uh, communicating in an inappropriate manner with those young women. Jim Kyle says, let the voters make their own choice and keep the corrupt judicial out of the elections. Amen. I, I agree with you 100 percent. Jay White 2020, Northwoods Redneck, checking in from Marionette, Marinette County, Wisconsin. Great work. I watch all your shows. The best is yet to come. Thank you so much, Jay White. I truly do believe that as well. You know, uh, I, I was thinking about this yesterday, actually, when I was talking to the people from C60. You know, the last couple of years, guys, like like right after the uh, the 2020 election and it was like, you know, became more and more obvious that they weren't going to fix it. Nothing was going to happen. We were screwed. We just had to wait. You know, that was a very difficult time. But like as we've gotten further away from it, as we get closer to 2024, I feel like things have just they've gotten better. Like when you look at the big picture, you know, 40,000 foot view, eh, it sucks. Everything sucks. <laughs> Joe Biden's destroying the country. People are dying. It's definitely not a good thing. But however, my mood has changed. Like, I have felt better because I know what's coming. I'm confident in President Trump's victory. I am confident in our ability to save this country and to reverse course on the disastrous things that Joe Biden has done to this nation. So fear not, my friends. The best truly is yet to come. So, OK, J uh, James O'Keefe said tune in tomorrow and we're going to do that space. I guess they did that space. Um, if you'll remember, here is that bonus torso photo. Judge Arthur and Gorin uh, posted this to his uh, alumni association website. I, from what I understand, like, I mean, nobody ever replied to that. I never saw anything specific about it. Let's go to James O'Keefe's Twitter and see if he put anything out. Ah, uh, yes, here we are. Inside. <laughs> Okay. All right. Hope you're ready. <laughs> oh, oh, couldn't have happened to a nicer man. Please work. I feel like Jeb Bush. Please clap. Maybe I should do it another way. Okay, tell you what, we'll move over to this screen to do it over here so I can go full screen with it. Four, there we go. All right, so we'll go right and inside. There we go. All right, that's as big as I can get. Here we go. The Equinox in New York. So I'm going to go in there and try to talk to him.
Multiple sources reached out to us about Arthur Engeron, the judge in Manhattan who fined Trump $354 million in damages, barring him from running businesses in New York City for three years. One source even sent us a video saying that Arthur Engeron creeps girls out in an Equinox gym in Long Island. At the end of the clip, the woman is visibly annoyed by the judge and tells him to back off, gesturing with her hands. Other sources confirmed the Equinox he works out in at 5 a.m. is in Great Neck, New York. So we decided to work out alongside him. I'm a huge fan. Huge. Thank you for winning. Thank you so much. For what? Thank you for winning. <laughs> Man, I must have felt this. Oh, shit. Uh, I get these modern people out of the state. Just thank you. Bye, my heart. What's your day job? I was wearing the OMG t-shirt, which said O'Keefe Media Group, but the judge didn't know who I was. <laughs> my day job? I work in publishing. I print uh, magazines. Yeah. But I really need a lot inside there a lot of people looking at me a lot of eyes wandering right yes so there was a guy that actually came up and was a fan <laughs> of me and I thought he may have been pretending to be a fan but he actually was a fan but I was trying to play it low key talked to the judge worked out next to him he told me that he was strong well he doesn't look very strong he's very scrawny <laughs> he told me that he was getting a lot of hate, a lot of hate, a lot of hate mail. I told him I'm a huge fan. Don't let the bastard get you down. And what a perfect, what a perfect metaphor, what a perfect allegory here. Look at this. Looks like a scene out of Sleepy Hollow. Look at this fog. It looks like we're leaving Dante's Inferno here <laughs> in the suburbs of New York City. Look at that fog. <laughs> Look at the sky foggy abyss. If you're on the inside and you have more information about this judge or any judge or anything that the public has a right to know, reach out to us on X, Instagram, 
or on our signal. And stay tuned. <laughs> it takes a lot of money to do this kind of work, and I wanted to. Oh, man. I, so, you know, I think that obviously Arthur and Goran knew that he could not be seen to be like agreeing or like publicly disparaging Donald Trump. But even just that little bit that he gave uh, with, you know, his uh, his knowing nod is uh, the handshake and, you know, welcoming the thanks and and the adulation. He he knows he knows exactly what he did. But yes, I see people saying, "Wash your hands, James. Wash your hands." How funny though that he walks in and somebody knows exactly who he is. Oh man! So yeah, I'm looking forward. I bet you there's probably going to be a couple of young women who work out there who end up, or maybe they're going to send like a a, a good looking young woman wearing a, a hidden camera. And we'll see how creepy that judge is. Uh, yeah, this is going to be good. Now that we know that Arthur and Gorin works there, I think they're going to go for it. Okay, <clears throat> uh, let's see. Uh, here we go. Uh, this is some information about that guy that we talked about the other day who set himself on fire in front of the Israeli embassy in um, in Washington, D.C. He also live streamed it on Twitch. It was a disturbing thing. I, I came across the video yesterday on uh, on Reddit and I chose not to watch it. You know, I mean, I've I know what that looks like. I don't need to see somebody burning to death. Um, pretty awful stuff. Um, but there's there's a couple of uh, you know, warning signs, shall we say. Turns out he had a security clearance. Uh, turns out that he had access to some pretty sensitive stuff. And it also turns out that he is uh, an anarchist. Uh, he looks like one of those uh, crazy leftist radicals that we've seen all across America pretty much uh, from the last couple of years. So he showed up in front of the Israeli embassy. He doused himself in a... Uh, a container of gasoline, and then he lit himself on fire, and he said, "Free Palestine." And uh, and of course, nobody cared. Uh, they just watched as he burned. Uh, now it was a couple of days later, and uh, the Intercept was able to locate his social media profiles, and they even found his Reddit account. Look at that, Ace Bush One. I wonder if that's still online. Uh, nope, that account has been suspended. Okay. All right, so after they analyzed his Reddit account, uh, turns out they they found that he had grown disillusioned with the U.S. military and, of course, his role as a service member. But rather than try to affect some change in a positive way, he thought lighting himself on fire in front of the Israeli embassy was the smartest thing that he could do. So on his account, uh, it showed that he was ideologically an anarchist. He called for both the U.S. military and the police to be disarmed. Uh, in one of his Reddit posts, he said common sense gun control would mean disarming the police and military military first. Uh, and then in a separate subreddit, he wrote, uh, the cults are a result of whiteness. Are you sure about that? Oh, why doesn't that work? Oh, man. Uh, are you sure? You sure about that? You sure about that? You sure about that? Yeah, I don't think he's correct there. Uh, he also posted a photo with a graphic that read, no God, no boss, no husband, no state. Well, you know, good luck having a family uh, if you're missing several of those. Also, he showed disdain for what he called colonizers and democracy. Uh, and uh, also, he had a jarring post 
on a subreddit called Anarchy for Everyone, where he wrote that Jesus can F off with his demagoguery. Wow. Seems like a swell guy. I mean, oh, look in his his. um, Oh, no, this I thought that that was his avatar. But Anarchy for Everyone has the Antifa flag right there. Uh, A month later, uh, he had uh, commented on an anti-fascists of Reddit page uh, and he gave his take on the war in Gaza. Um, Let's see. He said, uh, uh, "Okay, so here we go. The that's his post about Jesus. Uh, Despite savage bombing by Israel, polling shows the support for armed insurgency is rising among Palestinians. Simultaneously, combat footage and Israeli casualty members suggest that the resistance is relatively unmarked by the Israeli ground operations. Analysts suggest Israel is in a losing war. And he replies and says, no, uh, you are badly misframing reality. (laughs) Uh, No one on the other side is the Palestinian people. Why do you frame an entire colonized people the way that imperial powers tell you to do? It is so racist. Israel is waging war on the Palestinian people. This video is vaguely positive toward our resistance against that. And you say, why are we rooting for Hamas? You are regurgitating the classic racist liberal framing of this genocide and all colonial wars. Wow, this colonial project looks an awful lot like fascism. It's too bad that the colonized people aren't evil so we can support them fighting back. Wake up and learn about the reality of Palestinian struggle. Don't effing sit here in the imperial core calling Palestinians and Hamas and Hamas Nazis. C.L. Meadows says, I wonder how much contact he had with alphabet agencies online. Yeah, that was one of the first things I thought. I mean, well, here's the thing. I mean, he held a security clearance and he worked insensitive segments within the military. So he very easily could have had contact with alphabet agencies during the everyday course of his job. Obviously, we'll never know. Uh, and, you know, basically it's it's more and more of the same. He was an anarchist. He talked about, oh, you know, the, the sorts of things that you expect anarchists to talk about, uh, racism, fascism, colonialism, uh, all of that stuff, all of that stuff. So anyways, he's dead now. All right. Did you guys hear this one? The Pope is apparently very gravely ill. I thought about ending the show with this, but then I thought maybe that was a little bit too grim. Uh, Anarchist Owl says, though my name says otherwise, I am neither an anarchist nor an owl. Hoot, hoot. Well, good. I'm glad to hear it. I mean, I honestly don't believe uh, there are people who I know who are anarchists and uh, they're not leftist radicals like that. Um, You know, I, I think that in a small contained environment, uh, no centralized government could work. Uh, but if you have any sort of narcissists or, uh, you know, power mongers that are living there, uh, there's no way that it's going to last because someone stronger will always be there to take over from the weaker. And uh, unfortunately, that's just the way that it is. Uh, Representative democracy, representative republic, that's going to be the best possible solution that you could have. Um, You know, when I was when I grew up, I used to watch Star Trek. You know, I mean, like that was my idea of the perfect uh, government. You know, this idea that everybody was uh, working together for the good of humanity. But that simply just doesn't exist like that doesn't doesn't happen out there in the real world. So, you know, America, for all of its faults, we have the the best system and we just need to fix the bad parts about it. Uh, the places where it's been weakened and uh, 
subjugated by these people that would destroy it. So Pope Francis is 87 years old. He's not doing so good. I guess he's had a mild flu for a couple of weeks now. He's uh, spent some time in the hospital, but now he's back in the hospital. I want to say that it's probably not all that mild if he's been forced to come and go from the hospital on so many occasions. Um, He has uh, reportedly had good exams uh, when he came into the doctor. I guess they gave him some CT scans. After a general audience, Pope Francis went to the Gemelli Isola Tiberina Hospital for some diagnostic tests. And then afterwards, he returned to the Vatican. Uh, And then uh, he said that he had a bit of a cold. So he's going to be doing some uh, some healing and uh, getting his uh, his life together. And then don't forget. A couple times last year, he was found to have bronchitis. He also had an, an intestinal surgery last year. I personally, I haven't seen Pope Francis. I don't even know if you know he's out there doing public appearances. But it seems like ever since the advent of the COVID nineteen clot shot, Francis seems to have been in a weakened and dire position. Okay, so uh, Hunter Biden. This is this is the the big story of the day. Uh, Hunter Biden's testimony was earlier today, and for all I know, he could still be testifying. Uh, I'm not certain. Uh, But uh, when he showed up in court or excuse me, when he showed up in Congress, uh, he made a couple of appearances uh, on the cameras as he went in. And uh, he has kind of evolved the story about him and his family's crimes and, of course, the participation of his father in those crimes. He is now blaming the entire thing, the investigation, um, perhaps all the money that ended up in his bank accounts and in all those other Biden family member bank accounts. He's calling it a MAGA motivated conspiracy. Well, the investigation might be MAGA motivated, but the conspiracy, Hunter, is all yours. Uh, C.L. Meadows says, do you think the military D.I.E. <laughs> diversity, inclusion and equity training could have contributed to his suicide? Uh, it maybe could have. Certainly, uh, I think that from the places he was hanging out online uh, and uh, the sorts of ideology that he had, I, I think that he would have been more deeply invested in it than simply the diversity, equity and inclusion training. Um, it maybe could have had something to do primarily with his job and the type of people that he was working with there. If he was working in a uh, environment that surrounded him with this talk about colonial oppressors and racism and diversity, equity and inclusion, uh, that probably could have helped as well. Uh, but I, I tend to believe he probably also spent a lot of time on TikTok, if I had to guess. Um, so but yes, I definitely whatever that DIE uh, training is that that definitely could have had a uh, significant uh, um, impact on the way that he viewed the world uh, and, you know, not having been in the military and certainly not having been in the military recently. I don't know how bad it is. Um, I wish that Andre was here so we could comment on it uh, because, you know, now he can. But just to under underscore the point that this is not a MAGA motivated conspiracy. Again, the conspiracy existed. The investigation may be motivated by people who want to make America great again. But we have a ton of evidence, lots and lots of evidence to suggest that Joe Biden, his criminal crime family, his father uh, being the uh, the godfather of the whole thing. Uh, there really was a conspiracy and there really were crimes that took place. I mean, you know, Number one, let's go down this list. 
suspicious activity reports of wire transfers. Those were money that were coming and going from Biden family accounts from suspicious sources. Now, it wasn't MAGA conspiracists at the banks that filed these reports and told the federal government about the fact that the Bidens were getting these suspicious transfers. That wasn't a MAGA-motivated conspiracy. Of course, there's also the discussion about the Biden brand. That was the uh, the actual words of the Biden family insiders, the people who worked with them and did business. Um, we also have that uh, a couple of dozen phone calls where Joe Biden was on the phone with Hunter Biden's foreign business partners uh, at a time when he had always maintained he had no conversations about the business or even any knowledge about it. If that was the case, then he never would have been on those phone calls. We also have ample and voluminous piles of texts and emails and WhatsApp messages. Of course, there's also all of those pictures that Hunter Biden took with his various Apple devices, whether it was piles of crack cocaine or him uh, crawling around on the carpet looking for Parmesan cheese or uh, pulling the hair of a prostitute or soliciting uh, human trafficking victims or uh, maybe organizing uh, uh, uh trips through the Finger Lakes. I mean, the list goes on and on. There's also that voicemail that Joe Biden sent to Hunter discussing the article that was coming out in The Times uh, about Hunter Biden's business dealings and Joe Biden's part in them. And he basically uh, told him that, oh, you know, it's a pretty good article. You don't have much to worry about. Uh, They really did the job well. Uh, And then, of course, we also have a number of different individuals in those communications referencing Joe Biden as the big guy, then also testifying to that fact once they were subpoenaed by Congress. Of course, we also have whistleblower testimony from the investigators that were looking into this suspicious activity that was taking place. You also have video of Joe Biden bragging about the firing of that Ukrainian prosecutor. That, to me, has always been one of the most key elements of this investigation because he's the one who went on stage and told this story with absolute impunity, as if there was nothing wrong with him ensuring that the man investigating his son in the nation of Ukraine would get fired because he was planning to withhold $1 billion in loan guarantees. Uh, You also have Hunter Biden's statement, uh, a number of statements about giving his dad half of his income. Remember Hunter Biden uh, was talking to his daughter and said, God forbid you ever have to support this family like I do. I have to give half my money to my father every month. You also have a video of, uh, uh, excuse me, former White House aides saying that the FBI ignored Joe Biden's role in those Ukrainian business dealings. Uh, You have those 10 different Biden family members with millions of dollars flowing into those accounts. You've got Hunter Biden paying for Joe Biden's expenses. You've got email aliases. Why is he communicating in the name of an alias anonymous email account, if not for the fact that he doesn't want it to be discoverable for a FOIA request or so that he could be held accountable by any of it? Now, this is only stuff directly involving 
Hunter Biden and Joe Biden in these business dealings. We still have a lot more even beyond all of this list right here. You've got, uh, not to mention, 20 different shell companies. Uh, You have all of those Biden associates that would help the Bidens bring all of that money in, at least $24 million from foreign nationals over a period of no less than five years. Uh, You've got uh, language from Hunter Biden carefully crafting his opening statement uh, so that they couldn't use it to impeach his father. Very reminiscent of, 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 of attorney Terrence Bradley trying to answer questions about his knowledge of that relationship between Fannie Willis and uh, and Nathan Wade. All right, so let's go ahead and take a look. Well, actually, first of all, Dan Goldman jumped on that train of conspiracy. Dan Goldman, of course, is the representative from California who oversaw the fake Ukraine impeachment investigation against Donald Trump. He used it to ride to prominence in the state of California, win an election and become a member of the House of Representatives. And now he is the most uh, just blatant mouthpiece of the deep state and, of course, the wild eyed conspiracy theories of the Democrats in Washington, D.C. Uh, Texan by birth. Good to see you, Kelly. She says, I'm so glad to be here. Great job, Kelly. Thank you so much, Kelly. Really, really appreciate you. So Dan Goldman has repeatedly, very recently, been uh, continuing this talking point, uh, which undoubtedly was made up in the bowels of the Democratic National Committee uh, and, of course, the bowels of the Biden regime. Uh, he believes, and or at least he states over and over again, that the GOP is working for Russia. That's right. They're doing Putin's bidding because they're calling Hunter Biden in to testify. This was his actual statement. It's not simply, hold on, do we have a video? If we have a video, I'll just play that. Save my, yes, yes. Let me save my voice so that I can read Hunter's statement here. Okay, maybe it's not going to work. Uh-oh. You know, this happened yesterday, right at the very end of the show. Had a couple of key things I wanted to talk about, and everything just stopped working. All right, we're going to try it a different way. Um, Yeah, let me come over here to my other monitor. Yeah, okay. Well, that one works. Why is it that this one won't work? Okay, Uh, let's go to the right. And here's Mr. Goldman. Hmm. Maybe the video's broken or something. All right. Well, unfortunately, I won't be able to hear Dan's uh, cloying voice. Uh, He said it's not simply there's no connection to the president. We've all known all along, and which was made clear again, but there is a very understandable, coherent business explanation for every single thing they ask for. And now that all this China stuff or Romania or Kazakhstan is clearly, clearly baseless and bogus, the only thing that the Republicans have left are these Burisma allegations, which we know now were completely made up by their source. Now, who's been indicted because he was working with Russian intelligence to interfere in our election. 
And so let's be clear, because this is the only basis to move forward with an impeachment inquiry. If this impeachment inquiry continues, then Chairman Comer and Chairman Jordan are working with Russia to interfere in the November 2024 election on behalf of Vladimir Putin for the benefit of Donald Trump. This is what has this now been reduced to. You sure about that? (laughs) You sure about that? You sure about that? Yeah, I don't think anybody's sure about that, Dan Goldman. But let's go ahead and take a listen to Hunter Biden's full opening testimony. All right. So Hunter Biden, he showed up today and he told congressional investigators that he would never have involved his father in his business dealings. And of course, he's got an explanation for everything. Uh, This testimony behind closed doors represents what I hope will be the first of many opportunities for Hunter Biden to come in and specifically address the very many questions about all of these various business dealings that he, his father, and the whole Biden crime family were involved in. Uh, So this is Hunter Biden's statement. I am here today to provide the committees with the one uncontestable fact that should end the false premise of this inquiry. I did not involve my father in my business. Not while I was a practicing lawyer, not in my investments or transactions, domestic or international, not as a board member, and not even as an artist. Now, the funny thing is that we can connect each and every one of those things directly to Joe Biden. Uh, You read this fact in the many letters that have been sent to you over the last year as part of your so-called impeachment investigation. You heard this fact when I said it weeks ago, standing outside of this building. You heard this fact from a parade of other witnesses, former colleagues and business partners of mine, including my uncle, who now has testified before you in similar proceedings. And now today you hear this fact directly from me. And for more than a year, your committees have hunted me in your partisan political pursuit of my dad. There goes some more alliteration. You have trafficked in innuendo, distortion, and sensationalism, all the while ignoring the clear and convincing evidence staring you in the face. You do not have evidence to support the baseless and MAGA-motivated conspiracies about my father because there isn't any. You have built your entire partisan house of cards on lies, told to you by the likes of Gal Luft. Tony Bobolinsky. How long do you think before they charge Tony Bobolinsky with something? Alexander Smirnov and Jason Galanis. Oh, Jason Galanis. I interviewed his brother, Derek Galanis, here on the show. Derek, I don't know if you're listening, but <laughs> that's great that he actually. So Jason used to, Jason and, and Derek used to work with Hunter Biden. They were involved in one of his schemes, and Jason ended up going to prison uh, for Hunter Biden. He's the one who got screwed over. Um, All right, so Smirnov, no, Luft, who is a fugitive, has been indicted for his lies and other crimes. Smirnov, who's made you dupes in carrying out a Russian disinformation campaign waged against my father, has been indicted for his lies. Bobolinsky, who's been exposed for the many false statements he has made, and Galanis, who is serving 14 years in prison for fraud. Of course, I had nothing to do with any of those things, did I? Uh, Rather than follow the facts as they've been laid out for you in bank records, financial statements, correspondence, and other witness testimony, you continue your frantic search to prove the lies you and those you rely on keep peddling. Yes, they are lies. (laughs) 
CL Meadows last. Did you see the Blaze reporter who's been exposing the cameras turning away during the DNC bomb fiasco has a warrant out for his arrest? He is to turn himself in by Friday. No, I did not know that. From what I I saw that it had been uh, revealed by the uh, by revolver. I hadn't seen. Yeah, I don't know anything about that. CL Meadows, can you drop a link to that? I'll pull it up here. That's that's crazy. All right, you guys. Um, okay, so I have to I have to end the show after this because Lisa's got dinner ready. I can smell it. Okay, so uh, continuing to be clear, I have made mistakes in my life and I have squandered opportunities and privileges that were afforded to me. I know that I am responsible for that. And I am making amends for that. He's doing his fourth step right here on the floor of Congress. But my mistakes and shortcomings are my own and not my father's, who has done nothing but devote his entire life to public service, trying to make this country a better place to live. During my battle with addiction, my father was there for me. He helped save my life. His love and support made it possible for me to get sober, stay sober, and rebuild my life as a father, husband, son, and brother. Like so many other people my age, I spent the first 40 years of my life completely screwing around. But now that I've been sober for eight months, I'm looking to get down to the business of living. I made that up. He didn't actually say that. Uh, Smiley Mom says, running, listening late, but the Mitch impersonation was spot on. (laughs) Thank you very much. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Okay, what he got in return for being a loving and supporting parent is a barrage of hate-filled conspiracy theories that hatched this sham impeachment inquiry and continue to fuel unrelenting personal attacks against him and me. Over the last year, Republicans have taken my communications out of context. No, I don't know. I don't know how you can take out of context a video that you took uh, getting a foot job from a prostitute uh, sitting in uh, your dad's Delaware Beach home. Uh, or what about uh, hanging out at that that crack den, that trap house where you're like weighing out a, an ounce of crack cocaine? I mean, I don't None of that's taken out of context. Uh, what about when you said your former business partner, the effing spy chief of China, who was missing? I don't know how how we can take that any other way than what you said. I hope they bring that up when they're questioning him. Uh, if you try to do that today. No, no, no. Examples of this include a few references to my family and emails or texts that I sent when I was in the darkest days of my addiction. When he was at his most honest, basically. If you try to do this again today. My answers will reveal your tactics and demonstrate the truth that my father was never involved in any of my businesses. My testimony today should put an end to this baseless and destructive political charade. You have wasted valuable time and resources attacking me and my family for your own political gain. (laughs) When you should be fixing the real problems in this country that desperately need your attention just as my father did for 50 years. Oh, no. Wait. <laughs> Joe Biden didn't fix Jack while he was in office. Uh, CL Meadows, post-millennial. Thank you very much, my good friend. Let me pull this up. Oh, why is that? Oh, I see it. I see it. Okay. Here, let's go ahead and take a look at this. Wow. What the heck? That's <laughs> obviously not it. Okay, uh, copy link address. Coming to you from the post-millennial. 
FBI orders Blaze Media reporter Steve Baker to self-surrender over alleged J6 nonviolent misdemeanors. Wow. He's a journalist and he was in Washington, D.C. on January 6th. I wish that they would arrest uh, John Sullivan or his uh, his girlfriend from CNN. Of course, that's never going to happen unless, of course, we take back the Justice Department. All right. So Steve Baker, he's an investigative reporter for Blaze Media. He announced yesterday that his legal team had been notified by the FBI that there was a signed warrant for his arrest. He's been ordered to self-surrender to federal authorities for alleged J6 crimes on Friday in Dallas. He posted right here, breaking this time it's really happening. Unlike the two previous threats my attorneys received from the FBI and the Justice Department, uh, my self-surrender for alleged J6 crimes is set for this Friday morning in Dallas, Texas. There is now a signed warrant for my arrest. The Blaze media reporter nor his attorneys have been properly informed about the charges that Baker faces, uh, other than to say they are nonviolent misdemeanors. Failure to inform about charges could be a Sixth Amendment violation, which grants individuals accused of a crime to be informed of the nature and cause of the accusation. The Department of Justice just first informed Baker about his looming arrest in December, but the FBI notified him that the self-surrender date would be postponed until after Christmas. Uh, The powers that be won't tell Baker's attorney about the charges because they believe Baker will post them on social media. Well, no shit, Sherlock. He's a journalist. Of course he's going to post them on social media. Anybody would post them on social media. We do not know these specific charges. So it looks like he's just wanted and they won't tell him why. That is a constitutional violation. Um. The prosecutor informed my attorney that I am to arrive at the FBI field office wearing shorts and sandals. They didn't have to go this route as we've been told that my charges are nonviolent misdemeanors. My attorneys have also been assured by the government this will be an in and out affair. And that they have no intention of detaining me. But rather than issuing a simple order to appear, they seem to feel the need to give me a dose of the personal humiliation treatment. Obviously, they want to make it as humiliating and scary as possible. What do you want to bet that they they do not hold him for overnight, but they probably allow him to sit in a prison cell or a jail cell uh, for a period of time? Okay. Um, so yeah, this is totally ridiculous. I, I, I don't even know like what he could possibly be arrested for. I mean, uh, from, I mean, I, they haven't identified him as being present in DC or going into the Capitol. If he's a journalist, then of course he had all the reason in the world to be there. I mean, there were a number of different demonstrations that were already sanctioned by the DC government and by the Capitol police. So, uh, absolutely. So ridiculous. Uh, Okay, Uh, let me go through the final thank yous over here on Pilled, and then I'm going to go have dinner with Lisa, and then I got to get ready for my show at 9 p.m., Altered State on Badlands Media. Um, Okay, so the last thing that I had thanked for was, I believe, Thick Ray, Polly, and then Sean Joe. Lynn's over it. Thank you, Lynn. She just gifted a one-month bronze tier subscription, and that was picked up by, oh, no, Sean Joe also gifted one, too. Knock My Socks Off claimed it. Laura Dora also claimed it. Bro Dude says, appreciate you, bro. I appreciate you as well, buddy. Uh, Good to see you. Sean Joe just gifted another subscription. First Timekeeper picked it up. 
Sean Joe gifted another. Catgirl88 picked it up. Thank you, Catgirl. Lynn's over it. Uh, just bought a one-month tier bronze subscription. Thank you very much, Lynn. Raisin Kane, good to see you, buddy. Cookie, uh, Sean Joe, Average Joe Patriot. Appreciate you, brother. Thank you, Sean Joe. Uh, thank you to Lynn's over it and Porpoiseful. And then Mighty Patriot, finally, says that video alone should have ended Joe Biden's career. Man, I, <laughs> I feel like every time Joe Biden's on camera, uh, it should have ended his career. Uh, I guess they were trying to end J.R. Majewski's career over some BS he said on a podcast, um, but he's not dropping out. I saw that he put out a press release saying that he's not going to quit. If you live in Ohio, if you can volunteer your time to help J.R. Majewski get elected, please do so. Please support J.R. Uh, and uh, everybody who's uh, been here today. How many bathroom breaks will Hunter take during his testimony? I don't think that they're going to let him get up at all. Uh, you know, if anything, he, uh, well, I don't know, maybe if he does, <laughs> I personally, I just, I don't see how possible it could be for him to be actively doing cocaine while also testifying in Congress. I mean, he would need to get up like every 10 minutes or something like that. Did you guys see that interview with Zelensky on like NBC the other day? He was like... <laughs> He looked like he was so zooted out of his mind. All right, let me go ahead and pass out these gold pills. I'm going to enjoy my dinner, and then I am going to see you guys tonight, maybe over on Badlands Media. So, gosh, where is the show? Where is the show? Ah, here it is. Okay. And uh, gold pills have been... Presented. Thank you so much, everybody. CL Meadows 66 says he has several stories on the blaze about J6 and one proving Pelosi's security chief committed perjury. Excellent. I will definitely look him up. All right, you guys. I appreciate you. Good luck. God bless. If I don't see it tonight, then hopefully I'll see you tomorrow right here at 5 p.m. for another episode of Red Pill News Live. Bye bye. much to Kelly uh, over on Cash App. Kelly just donated and mentioned that I should have Dave Jose back on. I would love to have Dave on. Dave is a great guy. Uh, so yes, I will reach out to Dave Jose. Thank you so much, Kelly. I appreciate your generous support.